from around the world in a creepy little place that we like to call Kemar. This is the Future Ghosts podcast from Paranormal One. Welcome back. We'll see if we remember how to do this. Um, it's been a while. We apologize for that. Uh, we have really no good, coherent reason or, or no, no consensus as to why this may have happened. It just kind of happened. But uh, welcome back, everybody listening to the Future Ghosts podcast. I am Mike Grasso, along with Steve Bartell and Josiah Lee Henson. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hey. Well, it's glad to be back in touch. I, I was wondering, you know, if you even remembered who I was and what we did, but I was glad to hear that you were ready to go again. Um, I, I know I, I was... I, I mean, everybody's got something going on. I got some kind of, like, cold sinus thing in my head for about two weeks. And uh, that really sucked. But then when I got over it, I just kept on not reaching out. So you didn't lose your taste or smell, did you? No, no, no. I I did get tested for COVID, and it was negative. Good. But by by that time, but it took. I I got a test on Monday. I got it back on like Saturday. So by that time, you know. But you figure the time you're sick before you go get tested, and it, my quarantine was over anyway. Even right. if I had it, so I was good to go. But uh, and able to work from home, so that helped as much as I ever do work. <laughs> but um, you know, whatever that works out. But uh, so, so you guys just like busy dodging snowstorms and working. Yeah, that's much. about the gist yeah. of it for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, I've been able to work from home a couple times when we got a lot of snow up up this way and everything. That's good. That's good. Yep. Yeah, that, that that's helpful. Um, so uh, you guys mentioned you got a couple groups coming in uh, in the next. Yeah, we're, we've actually got time period five <laughs> booked out right now. And the interesting thing about it is that I always remind people we don't advertise at all. You know, on Facebook, every now yeah. and again we'll we'll make some sort of. Um, comment that indicates that we're back live and running but i think if we were to really advertise and hit it hard we'd we'd just be inundated so this is all just <laughs> word of mouth and i think what i need to get better at is asking these people hey how did you hear about us i think that would be a kind of uh, an interesting thing to know true yeah yeah I, there was this one oh yeah go ahead steve oh no go ahead i, I was just gonna say we, we've got a group this weekend and then the end of february and then march and then april in mm-hmm. May, I believe, already. Yeah, We're all scheduled so. for you. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I, there was a, at one point I had this big flurry of uh, people calling in for tours. It turns out that uh, TNT Paranormal were talking about Conover at some of their presentations, and people just started reaching out from there. Wow. wow. So, uh, yeah, you never know where it's going to come from. Yeah. Did, uh, but, did uh, word, word of mouth is great though. Did yeah. TNT nice have some coming. pretty good evidence they caught here, or, or do you know? I, I, if I remember right, I know that when I was there, they came out twice, and I actually investigated with them the one time. 
Um, I think that the second time when I was with them, it was a lot more, uh, if uh, I'm trying to remember right, I, I think the second time was a lot more personal experiences, and I don't think they got a whole lot the first time. I hope I'm misremembering that, because why would you come out a second time if nothing happened? Well, right, because that's what they do. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a cool building regardless, whether you get something or not, but yeah, I, I don't, nothing really stands out, but you know, that was of course like, what, six years ago now? At least, probably, uh, yeah, yeah. My gosh, how the time's flying! It, it's been almost four years now since I've moved. Man, jeez, doesn't seem real. It no, doesn't seem real. Not at all. Wow. Yeah, but I, I, I think one of the reasons though we were putting off this episode is so you know it, it gives us more time to save up for that uh, trip to Hawaii on the fiftieth episode. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is, you know, 49 uh, or 41, <laughs> rather. We've only got a few, <laughs> a few more to go. So, hey, yeah. Save up that vacation time. There you go. There you go. I actually just, I never take vacation time. It's nice having, because my schedule is kind of flexible. And uh, I, I I don't take a lot of vacation time because I need time off for a doctor appointment. I just schedule appointments around it or my work around it. So it's like I, I at the end of the year, they're like, hey, uh, do you want to cash in some of this vacation time? It's like, yeah, I'll like keep a week and cash in the rest. And so I don't know how much it was like three weeks worth. Nice. vacation <laughs> okay um it's a good thing it's not use it or lose it you know yeah 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 oh i don't worry i'd be keeping closer track of it if that was the case <laughs> true true <laughs> look before i left my last job i had to leave some sick days on the table because i just could not justify having that many doctor appointments in a short period of time so eh, it's all right it, it, it works out. But hey, I, I, I'm really glad that we are back again and hopefully back on track with uh, keep, keeping on some kind of a schedule here. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it continues <laughs> and nothing happens. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's fun being back here and getting getting going again. Uh, are, are, I guess are, are we ready to jump into things? Sure. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. Let's uh, pull up. Oops, I thought I had it. See, there it is. It's been a while since we've had the wheel spin. Yeah. I know. So let's let's see what magic happens today. And it's spinning. And you can almost see it. Oh, oh. oh it is Josiah. <laughs> Just awesome. by a hair. Oh my gosh. Okay. Cool. What you got, well, Mr. So Man? Tonight I was going to talk about, I, th I know we touched on him a little bit, but uh, Robert the Haunted Doll in Florida. Oh. You, you guys familiar with that one? Yep. Yeah. 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 So there's some Even if he things. wasn't haunted, he'd be creepy. It is yeah. creepy, creepy doll. Even. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. With all due respect, Robert, in case you're listening. Exactly. And I'm glad you creepy said that. Creepy in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and it'll, it'll kind of tie in here later. But yes, you're, you're a very wise man for apologizing, Robert. <laughs> Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, Robert is this, I, I'm just going to, I'm looking at the picture right now. He's just this incredibly creepy doll that holds what appears to be a dog. Some people believe it might be a stuffed lion or the other thought might be a, um, teddy bear. But if you look at the picture yourself, I'll, I'll leave that for you to decide. But... <laughs> 
Robert is kind of a strange little story. Um, some of the some of the things that I recently learned today, stuff that I had, I had no idea about before. Um, Robert was gifted to a young man named Robert Eugene Otto, uh, and some people say or the locals believe that he was gifted to. I'm going to call him Ario, so I don't have to keep on saying the full name. <laughs> but he was gifted to Ario uh, by a Haitian woman who was a servant in the house, but that was never substantiated. Um, hmm. The most likely story is that he was given to um, Ario by his grandfather. And what's interesting to me that I recently learned is that Robert really was never even a doll. He was actually supposed to be a mannequin in a storefront. And everybody... Hmm. Everybody recognizes him in that little sailor uniform, or those people who do know who he is. He's synonymous with that sailor uniform, but that was given to him later. That uniform was actually a uniform that uh, Ario wore when he was little. So Robert actually stands 40 inches tall, so just a, just a hair over three foot tall, which <laughs> I didn't realize. Um, so that, that, that's kind of cool. And uh, he's he's now currently on display in a, a museum in Florida. But Robert has got a really strange history. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to kind of read off of this website. It's called allthatisinteresting.com. And uh, it's you just Google or search up Robert the doll and it'll, it'll show up. But um, all right. So Robert the doll appears to be a simple, friendly toy, but his eyes are hard beads of black and his little sailor uniform, while pressed and clean, once belonged to the now deceased owner. On his lifeless lap sits a disturbing toy pooch with big bulging eyes and a long tongue that hangs maniacally out of its mouth. Indeed, upon second look, Robert the doll is not so innocent. In fact, legend has it that this 116-year-old straw doll is haunted by a malevolent spirit to this day. His original owner, a boy named Robert Eugene Otto, used to blame his mischief on the doll until the evil forces inside the toy took hold and the mischief became more sinister. Even today, misfortune allegedly befalls all those who insult him, which is why I, I suggested that you're pretty wise, Mike, for apologizing. <laughs> um, so it's from we're, a legend. We're, good. we're Robert's good. We're all good. Yeah, you get yeah, you and Robert are good, and I'm glad you are because it, it says that Robert has been known to break people's bones and also cause car crashes. Um, Robert the doll remains a terrifying figure for everyone who encounters him. So here are the origins of Robert the Doll. There's a bit of debate surrounding his origins. Some claim that he was gifted to the late owner, Ario, from his grandfather in 1904, but locals recall a more sinister backstory. They claim that the straw-filled toy was given to Otto by a young family of maids, or Haitians that came over from Haiti to do work in the family home. Uh, officials at the Forced Eat, uh, Forced Eat Martello Museum, where Robert currently resides today, believes that the doll was never actually intended to be a doll. Robert's origins were placed uh, back to the Steiff Company in Germany, and oh. they believe that he was intended to be a window display or part of a window display. Um, nonetheless, hmm. Robert was taken back by the Otto family and became uh, Ario's best friend. 
Young Otto was so enamored with the doll that he named it after himself. So he named the doll Robert, <laughs> which is why I'm kind of delineating between REO and Robert. So that's kind of why I'm using that. But um, clothed in his very own clothes, and despite the toy's awkwardly large size, REO carried it with him wherever he went. He was his new best friend, and his parents would often hear him whispering to it, which seemed totally normal until they began to hear the the thing answer back in a deeper voice. So <laughs> he'd be upstairs, and they'd hear him talking, but then they'd hear Robert like start responding in this creepy, deep voice. Um, people remember that it was a very unhealthy relationship between Ario and the doll. Uh, I guess uh, it sounds like... The Ario would talk about the doll as if it were a real person, not even not even suggesting that it was a doll anymore. It was just like he was completely real. And mm. they grew up in this really cool home. Um, if you get the chance to Google, uh, it's called the Artist's House in um, Key West, Florida. It's this really beautiful home, and it's got this large turret um, that kind of jets out from up above. And that's where Robert and uh, Ario would play together upstairs. Um was a really neat neat home the the family was definitely affluent they had quite a bit of money so you can you can kind of see as you as you look at the different <laughs> things that they owned and all that but um, strange things began to happen around the household and according to legend uh, Otto's parents would wake up in the middle of the night and find their little boy screaming surrounded by furniture just overturned everywhere um, Robert became more malicious as, as the years went on he mutilated toys and uh, he would do all kinds of things like if there was a new toy that was brought into the house that Ario would pay more attention to that toy would be found completely destroyed and kind of like mm. a toy story type thing <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, this is like the, the horror version of Toy Story. Yeah, it's probably where the Toy Story originators got their, got their <laughs> spark. Um, it does say that there was a plumber who had been hired to come into the house, and he claimed that he would hear children's laughter, even though no one was in the house at the time. And I guess he looked around the room, and the plumber noticed that the doll... The, the doll was actually in the room with him, but the doll was moving from one side of the room to the other completely mm. on its own and he said that uh robert would be throwing things he he would fling things at him um so that, that sort of that stuff sort of went on and robert or ario got older and he went away uh, he went to study at the fine arts academy in chicago and then went on to the uh, arts league in new york and uh his he met his wife there and his parents ended up passing away and they uh, they gave the house to Robert or to Ario, so uh, he he moved back with his wife. Um, and the wife came and met the doll. I guess Ario introduced the doll pretty much like he did, like it was a normal person. And the wife's like, "No way in hell! You're, you're keeping that upstairs <laughs> in the attic in a box." Um, so she did insist that he would he would be kept in a box upstairs and. Uh, I guess Robert the doll was not fond of this. Uh, he was said to have repeatedly weaseled his way out of the box, situated himself in a chair facing out of the upstairs window, and uh, <laughs> people below that would be passing by would see him, and he would look he was almost known to watch them like they would see him in one window then they'd see him in another window and they'd see his head moving and all that so um, that was a pretty common hmm. 
known thing about that. Uh, guests that would come to the house say that they would hear little pitter-patter footsteps up above, you know, coming from where he was with no explanation. You know, everybody in the house was either in the room or whatever there, whatever there was, and they were hearing little footsteps from up above. Um, so uh, Ario passed away in 1974, and a lady hmm. named uh, Myrtle Reuter purchased the house, and along with the house came Robert, and uh, she lived with Robert for 20 years. Um, she took him when she moved out of the house into her new home, and uh, she donated the toy after 20 years in 1994 to the East Martello Museum, and she said that the doll was indeed haunted. Uh, she had a lot of experiences herself, nothing as profound as what REO experienced, but definitely uh, haunted. Um, mm. The museum accepted the doll, its baggage, and assumed that her claims were nonsense. But almost immediately after, the employees reported uh, their own inexplicable happenings with the doll. Nonetheless, numerous visitors have lined up to see Robert on display. And even stranger fans and fearful believers send letters directly to him, sometimes praying to him, sometimes apologizing for looking at him the wrong way. Um, and it says by the museum curator that he does get almost three to four letters every single day. Uh, some people are even asking for Robert to put curses on people that they don't like. Um, all this oh. kind of creepy stuff. Um, since his arrival, he's received over a thousand letters, but that's not all he receives. People leave uh, candy, money, and sometimes even marijuana joints for, for little Robert to get high on. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, in 2016, Robert the Doll was uh, had a movie released after him uh, titled Robert, and the film loosely follows the origin story of Robert, beginning with his arrival at the Otto family. And it says, uh, yes, the movie did, in fact, have the family name correct, so they did have the name of Otto in the movie itself. Um, and it says, who would thought a doll could hold so much power even after 116 years? Robert seems to be sharp as ever. To this day, visitors claim that cameras malfunction in his presence and devices go haywire. Um, I, I have heard that that's the end of the article, but I have heard in other things that I've read that they'll put him in his little glass display case and they'll come in in the morning and he'll either be tipped over or he'll be moved. He never really gets out, but he does shimmy around in his little case and sometimes his lion or dog or whatever it is, excuse me, will be uh, misplaced or, you know, set somewhere else. And, um, Apparently, you are not supposed to take photos of him, and if you are, you you have to ask for his permission, um, and then once he grants you permission or whatever, then you're going to be mm -hmm. okay. But if you take pictures without his permission, it's it, you're pretty much gearing up to get killed or something. How, how does he uh, grant permission? I, that's a good question. It didn't really say. It just says that you ask Robert, can I have your permission to take a photo? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming it's implied you know, gotcha. like an implied permission, but that's a good question. I, I don't know. When you talk about him shimmying around in the case, I'm just like seeing him do like some little dance. Yeah. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, yeah. shimmy, shimmy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you mentioned it explicitly, but, but when I was looking at his pictures and, and looking at some of the articles about him, they said he could change facial expressions. And oh, everything. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Yep. He's that, creepy looking though. Just, oh yeah. Like his, his, um, his features are almost like washed out, which would make sense though, because if he were intended to be a mannequin, you want your focal point to be on the clothing, you know, not right. the mm -hmm. mannequin. Yeah, that's true. 
just, you know, and, it, and it's weird because, uh, you know, how many times, I mean, Robert the Doll is not a secret. It's not new. Yeah. It's pretty popular. And an image search of Robert the Doll, and I'm going to, you know, I don't know, maybe 200 pictures, and then looks like you've reached the end. Really? This doll has been featured on numerous TV shows. Uh, lots of people have, have gone and hopefully asked permission. Even photos from, what, four movies, I think? There have been four Robert the Doll movies. And there's just like, there's not that many pictures. Jeez. Yeah, see, I didn't really realize surprising. there were four movies. Yeah, there's like, I, I, one of the image searches was like the, the Robert the Robert collection. Oh, well, okay, three. The Curse of... Well, I think it's Robert, and then the Curse of Robert. Yeah, all four films. Were Robert and the Toy Maker, and Ooh, then wow. of course, Revenge of Robert. Then <laughs> yeah. All I know wow. is that I don't think I'd want that creepy little guy following me anywhere. I wonder what he's made out of. Is it like a foam kind of material? Because you can see the cork, that. maybe. Yeah, it could be. It seems like it's pockmarked, and yeah, you can get all four movies for ten bucks on DVD. Huh. Yeah, what do you guys think? Though? I, I, I'd be more. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, do you guys think that that's a lion, or what? What do you think he's holding? I, I think a dog. Okay, looks like to me, it looks like a dog, like floppy or floppy ears. Although over a hundred years, you know, the ears could have started yeah. sagging a bit. Yeah, it's just, happens to see, us all. I can see where they get the opinion it could be a lion, just because of the different colored head and mane. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Did, did was there anything about was this was this animal always with him, or was this somebody tossed it on there at some point? It seemed to me that I had read uh, in a different article that um, when they when they gave the little boy the room up in the attic, that uh-huh. he created like small little like a little town for him, and then he was gifted ah. this little thing, this little okay. doll. Because I was thinking you mentioned about like the stife. Uh, manufacturers. I mean, that's like a. Those are a hot commodity. Like if yeah. you can get a Stife Bear, you you've got something. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking, wow, I, I can't imagine them making something like that, which it sounds like they didn't. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, sir. It's just weird to think that it makes you wonder if there are others. You know, I would imagine if they made this particular one, there'd be a bunch of other similar type of types of mannequins like this out there. Maybe they shouldn't last. You know, it's a lot of these. Well, you said it was a straw. Yeah, it says that he's stuffed straw? with straw. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you think over time these things fall apart. And True. Especially again, if there's if they're supposed to be mannequins and used, and okay, the season's over. Let's throw them away and get a new mannequin for swimwear or something. I don't know what he'd have on. That's a good point. Yep, that is a very good point. Like a lot of the collectible people collect stuff that, you know, store displays or something really hard to get because most stores just tossed them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. They they weren't meant to be something that stuck around forever. Yeah. But I, the, the the front on photos of this thing, that, that's really what what gets me. Yeah. They show it seems like most of the shots are from an angle, but when it's front front on like you said it's it's almost featureless yes i'm sorry he is almost featureless and it's weird but the way the face is all stitched together it almost makes it look like he's wearing like a mask of some kind yeah 
And I ah. think that kind of goes back to that, just trying to keep them as plain as possible so you don't detract from whatever they are trying to mm-hmm. promote. Actually, I, one of the things that popped up was a Robert the Doll, like, face mask. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a Robert the Doll costume, <laughs> and it's funny because my kids were just talking about this year what, about what they're going to dress up for Halloween as. But Aw, that's nap- awesome. They're talking about that in, like, January and February? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like Fantastic. a chip off the old block, you know. You raised awesome. them right. Yeah, there's good parenting there, I'll tell you. <laughs> yep. Parenting done right. Yep. <laughs> Well, Mike, did you want cool. me to kind of get into that uh, that little hospital experience I had, or do you want me to wait until? Oh yeah, sure, yeah, because you 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 posted the the story on Facebook, and I'm like, this is really cool. I mean, it wasn't there it seemed like there wasn't a whole lot there, but what there was sounded pretty neat. Yeah, so it wasn't um, it it wasn't like super incredible. I didn't have the chance to record anything because it all just happened real time and didn't mm-hmm. expect anything like this to happen. But um, I was at Christ Lutheran General in Chicago. It's this massive uh, hospital, and um, I think it was built like some parts of it were built in the forties, and then the most recent parts I think were like early two thousands, but. I was technically on the 13th floor, but this hospital, like many others, um, they skipped the 13th floor in the elevators. So I was Mm -hmm. on the 14th floor, but it was really the 13th, which I found interesting just to begin with. But uh, So it actually is numerically the 13th floor, but they call it the 14th. Correct. Yep. 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 Not just like they built a floor and they skip over it intentionally. Yep, and that's that's and super common, empty. I guess. That's that's common yeah. in apartment buildings, um, all kinds of like main, you know, massive structures like this. Um, and part of my job, I go around to these different floors and collect different surgical devices, and then uh, get them ready for reprocessing. So I'm constantly moving around these different hospitals, and sometimes late in the night or you know really early in the morning. This one happened to be, I, I think, it was around probably four ish in the morning and I was coming off the elevator and I was doing, doing my work and I've got a cart that I move around because some of these, some of this equipment is a little bit heavy. So I just put it on my cart and I was coming up by the nurse's station and I heard this loud, like a, like a door slam. And I heard somebody like a female, it sounded older, yell, please. And it was kind of like a annoyed, like an annoyed sounding, please, like, please, and mm. just as soon as that happened, the nurses at the desk, or I'm assuming there, I know one of them was a nurse, but one of them could have been a CNA. She goes, there it is again. And the one girl starts talking about how that floor is haunted. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I, <laughs> I didn't really get into really who I was or anything or what I was into because I didn't want to influence what they were telling me. But they said mm-hmm. that they hear it quite a bit. They'll hear a door slam and they'll hear somebody say something. And all the wow. doors in the corridor are wide open. And it's like four in the morning. You know, everybody's, for the most part, sleeping. It's by no means uncommon to have somebody awake because when they're in the hospital, they're ailing. And, you know, they a lot of times they're tossing and turning. But everybody seemed to be asleep. The doors were all wide open. And it's not like there's wow. vents or anything that it, that would, you know, be upstairs coming down. Um, the hospitals are all pretty shunted off from different floors for obvious reasons, you know, for infection control reasons. But uh, mm. 
it was just really, really weird. And uh, I talked to the girls a little bit, and they said stuff like that does happen quite often in that area. And, uh, you know, as I go back, I'll definitely be picking their brains to find out more. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's an awesome story. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Hopefully, I'll get some more stuff. And I don't know if I'll be bringing any equipment up there anytime soon or anything like that. But. <laughs> yeah, well, you said you've got that big cart full of stuff you're pushing around, you know, hey. Yeah. That's what's a, a little extra yeah, <laughs> audio recorder and yeah i'm, I'm mainly concerned about hipaa you know getting getting a hipaa violation <laughs> yeah i think the avalus would be okay yeah maybe a yeah. K2, k2 meter yeah it's pretty cool uh, the video camera cool. video like. camera with full spectrum illuminator probably not so probably not so not good. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> but if everybody's in their rooms yeah you're okay yeah that's a good point unless they decide to pop out with their little nightgown and their butt hanging out <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that, that was a neat story i like yeah. that Thank i mean you. that and the fact that they're you, you hear that you hear them saying oh you know there, what there it is again or something yep. like that she goes there it is again i'm like Oh my god! Wow. Okay, so I I wasn't the only one that just saw so, this. So it's not possible that it could have happened on the twelfth floor, and uh, and you just happened to hear it because I know a lot of times if a door slammed below you, even with the thick floors and everything, you can hear it plain as I day. I think so. I, I kind of thought about that, and like I was saying, the hospitals. I th from my understanding, they really keep the floors separate from one another for you know containing if there's an airborne illness or things like that. And this place is built like an iron tank, man. I I, I would. Mm. I'm How not do you discounting keep the floors it. away from each other. What's that? How do you keep the floors away from each other? What I'm saying is like they'll like if it's a if it's a COVID floor, they'll have like rooms that are sealed negatively, like a negative pressure room. So mm. I I don't think there's a lot of connecting ductwork. I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Mm. In, in the main hospitals because they don't want things like virally transmitting through the ducts. Mm. That, I, and I I'm not meant, discounting it, Steve. It, I just it's meant possible. If, if a door slams right below you, you know, yeah, it makes sense that you would, you know, hear that. But now the voice. You maybe, think if it happened over and over again, at some point somebody would have said, I'm going to go downstairs and see if somebody yeah, just slammed right, the door. Right. And the thing is, these structures aren't like these where it's wooden framed. I mean, this is all like concrete, concrete yeah. frame. Yeah. That that mm. would be a little bit more unlikely, in my opinion. Um it's hard to explain. I, th I think if you were, if you would come with me to it, or if you could be there, I think you'd probably be like, "Yeah, you're you're probably right." It, it just doesn't seem likely, in my opinion. Sure. But then again, you know, with that being said, there are elevator shafts, and sound does travel. We know that from here, you know. But right. but you that, but you know a difference question. when a door slams in the hallway you're in yeah as opposed to a door slamming from another floor that right. that's a good or point and that's what is that's what was so shocking it was like startling like oh shit that, that was like close like someone's pissed hmm. Hmm. wow yeah even the voice too yeah it was like an old woman and she said please and like i said it sounded it was so it was so legitimate that i thought someone was actually mad like like they needed something and they were like upset like please Wow. <laughs> Just weird. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's Absolutely. Look forward to hearing more of your hospital adventures. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you'd think, though, if, you know, again, if there's a, a place ripe for uh, paranormal 
experience as a hospital would certainly suit the bill for lots of reasons. Absolutely. And I, I go into these ORs a lot and, you know, mm-hmm. super early in the morning. And I'm just thinking, man, how many people probably lost their battles in these rooms? I've yet to experience anything in those rooms, but it is definitely creepy. Are they like bad about like if, like if you're saging and stuff? How do, how do they feel about that in OR? <laughs> Probably wouldn't feel very happy about that. Not good. Okay, I don't Just think curious. so. Okay, I have to go up in a bunny suit and everything, so I, I don't think they'd want me bringing sage and lighting it on fire in there. <laughs> okay, now, now now Donnie Darko's in my head. Oh God, Josiah in the bunny suit. Oh boy. Can you like customize those things like you can face masks or? <laughs> I don't think so. I've never seen one. They're, they're okay. these terrible Tyvek suits. Put the little tail on and stuff. <laughs> now I know what I want for Christmas, Josiah. <laughs> I'll send you a couple. I get them by the dozens. <laughs> or or there's there's the Halloween or that yeah the Halloween costume, Josiah in a bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrifying thought. Oh, well gives us something to look forward to <laughs> all right steve you ready to spin or yeah let's, let's see well oh yeah for that too yeah, yeah, we yeah. can't even see can we uh, uh. oh, oh <laughs> hair again. that's about the same place on the line <laughs> yep wow okay um boy we, we we started talking about something oh when i was saying about how we uh started uh saying about why we we took so long to get our latest episode up one of the things i hate when people say is you know, it's the holidays you know it's like <laughs> no it's just an excuse yeah. but i use it so you know i can't complain too much or like when people use the word uh physicality talking about sports feats it, it was like this word just started popping up about 10 years ago physicality Huh. It just bothers me. I don't know. But because uh, it seems like it's not. But but now all of a sudden it's a real word. And it's like, OK, nothing we can do about it. <laughs> but uh, another thing that gets to me even more than people saying ovulus is um, <laughs> nuclear, 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 <laughs> wash instead of wash. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I, I actually i had a had a history professor who would say washington yeah yep <laughs> all right you do you pal um or around here when when there's a little bit of ice out you, you got to be careful because it, it's slippy slippy. Oh. i've never heard that one <laughs> it's slippy <laughs> outside yeah it's slippy but when you think about it, it's like well okay <laughs> stuff is sticky stuff is stinky why can't it be slippy <laughs> okay but anyway um (laughs) one one thing is like when we're talking about paranormal activity in a place and um an object moves what do we call that poltergeist thank you yeah so it's i don't know for some reason it just kind of bothers me when i always hear like something moves like we had poltergeist activity but poltergeist hauntings are their own thing and this potentially telekinesis type of uh action is just part of that so i decided to take a look at poltergeists for this episode 
And um, while it seems like it would have been a really cool idea and something to look up in an afternoon, this is a pretty good definition of a rabbit hole because mm-hmm. um, there is so freaking much information about poltergeists. So I did a whole lot of reading and bookmarked way too many tabs or have too, way too many tabs open for this. But I thought maybe that, that we could kind of talk a little bit about this and what we think about some of the things of, of poltergeists. But just as like a, a, a quick background, the earliest, generally, I guess we'd say the, the earliest um, accepted poltergeist case poltergeist case came from uh the 1600s and um and and now that i'm talking about i completely forgot everything that i was just looking at um where were we here there was a an incident called the glenluce devil or the devil of glenluce and basically anything that it was supernatural but not god was a demon sort of the way things were looked at there so um supposedly um this is here we go uh, just a little bit to read here the incident is described as having having taken place at the house of a of weaver his job was a weaver gilbert campbell in glenluce during october 1654 a beggar named alex agnew was refused a handout by campbell Agnew had promised to cause the family harm, and over the next two years, strange phenomena were alleged to have occurred at the home. So uh, they talk about all these different things that happened, thread being cut, demonic voices, strange strange whistling, and stones being thrown. As a side note, this um, uh, Alexander Agnew, uh, let's see here, uh, called the Jock of Broad Scotland, Scotland, my I'm cutting off letters here today, was the first person in Scottish history to publicly deny the existence of God. He was hanged for blasphemy on May 21st, 1656. Yeah, that's, that's, that's harsh. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, Lots of different elements here are present in generally in poltergeist, um, cases we'll say um let's see here and remember i told you guys about that new chrome add-on that reduces your ram use um it also takes a while to load your tabs up again so here we go (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of the things here we look at um things being moved Okay, this, um, the, 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 well, we'll get into this. So things being moved, fires, water's dripping, or water's dripping, like water dripping from sources like ceilings where there are no pipes running through it, um, strange noises, especially like knocks and things like that. Sometimes voices, too, come out. Um, in fact, we talked about the Bell Witch a while ago. A lot of people will also say that that, fit a lot of the uh categories that that that, um poltergeists fit into but one thing generally that really defines poltergeist activity or a a poltergeist haunting we'll say is an agent 
Now, th this agent is generally a victim, um, off of, usually an adolescent and more commonly adolescent girls who seem to, because of their, their, their age and the way that the changes that they're going through and all the stresses that are happening, that these adolescents will somehow generate, and this is where that, that telekinesis comes in, the ability to move things without um, physically touching them. Now, unfortunately, the same things that feed into that thinking also say, hey, if we have adolescents, what are they always trying to do? Trying to get attention, cause, cause a ruckus, have fun, get back at the man, you know, whatever the kids are doing. <laughs> and um, so they people will claim that a lot of these are pranks, that the poltergeist activity is actually um, strings being tied to things somebody throwing something when their bat when someone else's back is turned um, lighting small fires when nobody's watching and um, yeah for the most moving refrigerators okay if you can move a refrigerator with um, fishing line you're doing you're living right you're doing something right um, so it, it, it's it has a lot of the hallmarks of many of, of most other paranormal activity we talk about where people will really go way out there. Um, I think it's more unlikely that somebody moves a refrigerator with fishing wire than somebody does it with their mind. <laughs> okay. It just, it just seems crazy. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of natural phenomena that might account for some of these things. Um, let's see where, where is our list here? Um, seismic activity, um, unusual air currents. Oh, what else do we have here? Um, memory lapses. Um, yeah, we had the seismic, um, electromagnetic energy. Um, the only thing they didn't list was like swamp gas and weather balloons. <laughs> so... It, so um, it, it, as as crazy as the claims might be for poltergeist hauntings, uh, so do the explanations. Now, some really have been a little. Here's the thing: like the Enfield poltergeist case, um, it, it, it's pretty well known. The Warrens investigated it. It was the basis of I think the second Conjuring movie. If I remember right, yeah, it's over in England, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a, a a pretty one of the photographs that came out of it was like this girl that was kind of like being levitated in midair. But it, what they really said was, "Look, she jumped." And when you really look at the photograph, it's like, "Yeah, she jumped." Uh, it, it looks like somebody jumping. Uh, so, but here's the problem: one thing happens. One, one, one bit of uh, evidence is dramatized or embellished or completely faked, <laughs> okay? And then everybody says, well, the whole thing is fake, which seems seems kind of weird. Okay, oh, well, there's, there's, there's a stream under the house. That accounts for things. Oh, Josiah, I knew you would love this one here because um, it, it, it ties into some of your experience in woodworking um and here's how well prepared i am i can't find it so i'm going to 
still can't find it. Okay, so they <laughs> there was there was a case where they were uh, talking about knocks that were happening in the house, loud knocks, raps, answering in response. Um, it was blamed on a uh, the wood in a bookshelf drying out. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Sounds, sounds plausible. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Um, so you know, Josiah, you you I know you're pretty handy in the shop. Yeah, and you know your wood movement. You could generally get about an inch of wood movement for every eight foot. So if it's a standard bookshelf, you'll probably get an eighth of movement. And sometimes you will hear a pop. Very unlikely that it's going to be consistent. If it's a mm-hmm. consistent pop, then it's definitely not the wood movement. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it just seems a little out there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I, I, I get... Oh, oh I also I also forgot ball lightning might uh, cause the, quote, spooky movement of objects blamed on poltergeists. Hmm. So, yeah, it, the 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 knickknack didn't get thrown across the room by a ghost. It was ball lightning, <laughs> which to me is infinitely more freaking terrifying. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but, but but here we go. Um, there's a 1957 case in Cape Cod where downdrafts from an uncovered chimney became strong enough to blow a mirror off a wall overturn chairs and knock things off of shelves jeez wow okay the who, tornado who, yeah. yeah who go who has that happening goes i think there's a ghost what kind of moron does not know that's coming out of your chimney into yeah. your house jesus yeah you Let's have to figure you have to figure at that point branches and leaves and stuff is blowing all over your <laughs> lawn you're not going to be like you know you how can you ignore what's going on outside if, you know, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Here we go. Oh, uh, here, a, a bookcase gave an explosive cracking sound during a meeting with Sigmund Freud. He completely, uh, Carl Jung was there. He said completely, uh, he correctly predicted there will be a second sound speculating. Such phenomena were caused by ex- ex- exteriorization of a subconscious mind. Freud disagreed saying that there was some natural cause. Freud biographers maintained the sound were likely made by the wood of the bookcase contracting contracting he, as it he dried out. He didn't blame it on being attracted to your own mom or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, is Freud, uh, it is Freud after all. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was the bookcase's mom. <laughs> the carpenter's mother. <laughs> yeah. The bookcase cracking. I don't know. I, I, anyway, I, I, I always get frustrated when I hear that stuff. Yeah. There's another thing to add to my list. Um, so, again, you know, the, 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 the crux of the poltergeist, at least the way I heard about until the movie came out. Okay. The movie has absolutely nothing to do with poltergeists as they're, they used to be traditionally <laughs> viewed. It seemed that when the, the, the original poltergeist movie came out, um, Everybody just any ghost is a poltergeist or any poltergeist is a ghost. But but generally the, the poltergeist act, poltergeist hauntings will be a, around a person and sometimes even adults, too. 
uh, it, it, it can happen. And sometimes as they move through different life changes, there's a story about one woman who even in her office, things were being kind of crazy where she worked until um, she got married <laughs> and, and then everything stopped, huh. which is, is a little odd. Uh, but but yeah, generally the, the poltergeist hauntings are, are, are exemplified by being uh, focused on a person rather than a place or, or an event. And um, they don't always have to be just stuff being thrown. So while we'll say, yes, we had some poltergeist activity, we had stuff move. Yeah, so, so if you look at what is poltergeist activity, there's a, there's a lot there. Uh, again, you know, fires, water, voices, knocking. Um, sometimes even physical assaults can happen too. The um, agent in this is is often as much of a victim as a uh, alleged perpetrator to be named later. But so. What do you guys think? Do you, I mean, do, do, you, do you think there's a difference between polter and of course poltergeist um, in, in, in German kind of roughly translate to noisy ghost or noisy spirit, sort of t alluding to the fact that, yeah, there are these knocks and different things like that happen. Um, what, what, what do you guys think about any of this? I mean, have you guys ever really been involved in anything that fits these types of criteria? Even smells too can be a part of this. Yeah, I've I've um, had a phantom smell at one time. My friend and I were in Chicago, and we were walking down by the Cadillac Theater, and both of us in the middle of the street. It wasn't even it wasn't even anywhere near other people, cars, anything. We were crossing the street. And the smell of roses just hit us strong as Joe Bush and I, him and I both look at each other like, huh. what the hell was that? Like just this gust of roses in the middle of the night. And uh, wow. later we had found out that that indicates that a family member close to you was going to die. Neither of us had Ooh. that happen, um, luckily, but that was pretty unusual. And another thing, uh, I was in Barnes and Noble a while back and I found this book called the world's most haunted home or the world's most haunted house about, um, a house in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And the Warrens actually looked into this one too. And if anybody's interested in learning about poltergeist, I'd highly recommend checking this book out. Once again, Mike, it was a young, uh, pubescent or prepubescent female and it was all centered around her um hmm. police were there i mean it, it just brought in thousands of people um to see if they could just look at the house from the outside i guess they had a pair of concrete geese on the stairs and people swear that they would see the geese moving like back and forth not not like huh. animated but th like the actual statues would shift and you okay. name it. Pretty much everything that you said or said about poltergeist happened within that house. Um, and once again, it's called The World's Most Haunted House, A True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. You know, there's one I, I remembered hearing about where um, just incredible things happening, like the police went in and they were frightened and they ran out. Uh, all kinds of things happening. I think I think this one actually might have been one where the refrigerator had moved while the police were watching it. And uh, after several days, the mayor came out and said, uh, the kid was faking it. And everybody went, ah, oh, we knew it and, and, and left. 
I think um, that and, was but, this one because the refrigerator okay. was it was like walking after the police. Like the police said that they saw the refrigerator like almost walking at them. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, then just because like the mayor was tired of the press. Yep. That it was getting. So just never having been there, um, just said, yeah, yeah, it, 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 the, the kid did it. Yep. I believe that was this very, this very one. And she okay. lived um, a pretty turbulent life. I guess she, if I, if I'm not mistaken, she was uh, adopted and I guess her, her real mother was just completely just a complete wreck and so the girl had a lot of turbulence going on in her life on top of going through puberty so it could add to it mm. yeah that that does happen yeah i mean if if there's a time in somebody's life where they're going to be able to wield just un i shouldn't even say wield just unleash um unrestrained emotional power that's definitely it yeah no kidding that's a, that's a tough time and yeah if other things are going on too that's not good steve you look like you're leaning in no just no. It, it was interesting <laughs> that, that you mentioned about uh poltergeist activity being caused by people because you know in, in doing some research on on it in the past that was that was one thing that that stuck with me about um, about uh, adolescent females tend to be the ones that kind of have the poltergeist activity happen as a result or around them you know and mm. and that that usually it's a uh, it's a person that's causing it not a spirit that's attached to a person or a spirit attached to a place. When you say a person causing it, you mean like their yes psychic powers, correct? Somehow, correct. That. Yeah, okay. Yep, like like the hormonal changes or of of an adolescent going through puberty and whatever, whatever can all set <laughs> yeah. that all off. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the jungle, Steve. There you go. You're you're going through it again now, right? <laughs> no, not yet. In just, a few, just when one few goes years. out, the next one comes in. in okay, a few years. Was, yeah. Not your you personally. Oh, but, me personally. Yeah. It, no, no, but in, in in your in your home, it's like this. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. In a few years, yeah. you know, when my eight year old is older, you know. Yep. Yeah. Keep an eye open for mysterious fires and. I thought you were implying my hormonal changes would start causing poltergeist activity anytime here. <laughs> your manopause. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting hot flashes just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do want to mention, too, Sherry had just not too long ago finished listening to a lot of the old um, episodes. There are a couple that she had to catch up on. And she said that it seemed like, I think she said it was mostly me, talked over you guys a lot. Or, or like, you guys would try to jump in and say something, and I'd just keep up, 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 going along. <laughs> and I think it's worth pointing out, and I think we've mentioned this a couple times, but um, the way we do this, you two are in the same room. And so you can kind of work off of each other. And I, I'm in a different location. We're doing this over video and piecing together the audio later. Um, but sometimes, like, because like Josiah, I can't see you. Yeah. But I but I can see Steve. So if, if one of you is like wanting to jump in to say something and I'm on a roll. I, I don't, I don't hear you because the way that our 
interface works here. Is that with, the gate? Zoom. The gate setting or whatever? Uh, it, it, it's it's just it's, it's something to try to prevent feedback. Gotcha. If you're not wearing headphones, uh, there's got to be that little delay and blocking out the other people when I'm surrounded in yellow. So, um, yeah, just to, for technical reasons that happens. It's like I'm not trying to talk over just if anybody's coming to that same conclusion. And, and I noticed that but, if, if you if we do say something, usually it takes you a couple seconds to react to it as well. You know, sometimes. Yeah. It, sometimes it's just me like having a, a moment <laughs> but but actually because i mentioned sherry and i think i should throw because now at the end of mine too i'll throw out a little a little thing here and i hope she's okay with me telling the story but um the uh, yesterday or the day before she was in in our the back room doing something and she heard somebody whisper her name oh wow mm. Yeah, and so she's like, I walked downstairs, and she's just standing there, and I said, hey, guess what? And I blah, 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 said something. She's just staring at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm thinking, like, she can't believe what I just told her was something so cool and amazing <laughs> and interesting. She was shocked. She's like, no, I just heard somebody whisper my name before you came down. I'm like, oh, interesting. okay, and here I am. Yep, 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 yep. So um, one of the cats, a lot maybe? Of people, well, if it would have been the ghost cat, because we only have one left now, if it was the oh. other one. Hmm. Yeah. So probably, yeah, that, that would have been very cool. Oh, that one. The one that was the ghost probably would have said my name. <laughs> just just saying. But um, <laughs> she um, she she turned on. She has a ghost the ghost radar app on her phone. And I know people are like the phone apps. Like, eh. But, you know, I, but I started thinking about this. You know, the, the phones have like twelve hundred dollars worth of equipment in them. And even the Ovilus, if they sell them for three fifty, maybe you got eighty bucks into that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing. Nobody even even says how they really work. So um, she has it running because she was like, you know, is it this person? Is it that? Could it be my grandma? Could it be my dad? Um, she had the ghost radar on, and within I don't know fifteen minutes or so, maybe not even that long, her father's name came through. Wow! Wow! his full name and and it's not like you know you wonder sometimes it's like well does it have uh uh does it listen to what you're saying and answer based on that if you say how many it's like 12 you know or can you tell me your name ah, i'll go into the name bank uh joseph no it doesn't do that because well because i shouldn't say it, even if it does do that we never use his full name yeah he's always just you know dad or she's like dad or daddy and i'm saying your dad we never say his name out loud and it came through like the formal full name wow so yeah that that was that was amazing that that was pretty cool and when she if heard it was the a whisper, coincidence it was too much of a coincidence what's that was the whisper male she said she really said she thought it was a female whisper but but somebody said something one time about evp Imagine somebody has to scream as loud as they can to make an imprint somewhere. And if only parts of that come through, you don't catch the full range of them doing this. Yeah. Maybe it just comes through sounding like a whisper. Yeah. You know, because a lot of EVPs sound kind of whispery and, you know, kind of with, with no, it's just, they're just different. They sound weird or sometimes even metallic, but 
you know, if that was like screaming her name, Sherry, but whatever came through would just sound like a lady whispering. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility too. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Did she seem pretty shooken up by it or was she just, you know, oh, no, she, she she's, she's totally keyed up. Yeah. She's like, this is so cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then we, we sat down to eat tonight and as soon as we did the light over us started like pulsing and flashing and it's you know an led light but uh we had it on while we were getting dinner together for like an hour or 45 minutes and uh nothing happened till we sat down to eat weird so yeah i mean these are all like in the same area all these things happen in the same spot well yeah keep us posted on that it'd it'd be interesting if something started coming through yeah it's it's very interesting it begs the question of why, like why, what's the timing? You know, was there anything significant around this time of year? Or? Mike's hormonal changes. <laughs> My menopause <laughs> is kicking in. It's in full steam. No, I mean, as far as time of year, it's tough to say. Um, we're, we're talking about some like, and it sounds weird to say it, but, you know, without going into like an hour of detail, some... we're not being swingers or anything but we're talking about some lifestyle changes that may be coming (laughs) just just exploring different options for ourselves and directions where we might want to preface to that with you're not swingers you know (laughs) yeah definitely want to say that nope nope absolutely not it's uh peril one contact at gmail.com but um yeah, definitely not. So yeah, we'll 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 keep an eye on that and let everybody know if anything anything more comes up. So all right, I think we've made everybody wait long enough. So Steve, please take it away. All right. So this past week, um, a friend of ours posted something to uh, to uh, one of the paranormal pages about about the Detloff Pass incident with the mm. with the russian campers students that were that were you know found uh found and and no clear explanation for what exactly happened to them you know their right. tent, tent had been ripped from the inside out so it's not like they were attacked they had to you know rip their way out of the tent they were found partially mm-hmm. clothed they were found bitten and all sorts of whatever and you know, <clears throat> we talked about it in one of our podcasts. <clears throat> yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we presented some of the credible theories on it. And I think the one that made the most sense that we all kind of agreed to that. But I don't know that it's been confirmed or anything, but was that, you know, it was the result of an avalanche and everything. And, right. You know, so so he posted this and, you know, Josiah mentioned about the avalanche and, you know, it got they had a discussion going about, you know, oh, the avalanche theory was discredited and blah 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 but anyways long story short i was uh just reading up uh, on some new articles about it and i stumbled across uh an interesting thing um i'm not going to read this article necessarily word for word but um it is about the title of it is the most credible theories regarding the kamar daban kamar daban incident uh kamar daban is a and I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's a mountain range also in Russia. And uh, it is 
a tail, uh, not a tail. Come it, it's... Come <laughs> oh, there we go. Come on. Yes, we were looking. Are you ready? Up, we were looking Come at pronunci- Yeah, we were looking at pronunciations before the podcast. <laughs> so, anyways, it says formerly Soviet Russia can be a mysterious place. If you've been to the spooky site of YouTube or Reddit, you've probably heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident where nine experienced. Nine experienced hikers died mysteriously in the Russian Ural Mountains. Uh, This case has been spoken about so many times, it's not worth repeating again, but there's another very similar case that is not so well known. Um, The Jetlov incident was not the only mysterious hiker death to grace Soviet Siberia. The the Kamar Daban, which is also known as two other names that the mountain range is known by, but it's in southern Siberia's uh, Buryatia region perched below Lake Baikal. Its rugged scenery has made a popular tourist hiking spot, but in 1993, six of those tourists would not make it out of the mountains alive. There are few answers in the case, and the lone survivor has refused to talk about the traumatic event since her first statement to police in 1993. Mm. There are so many pieces to the puzzle that is uh, Buryatia's Datlov Pass, many of which have not even many of which may not even be relevant or trustworthy. So here's the tentative facts and theories. Timeline. 41-year-old Ludmila Korovina was an experienced hiking instructor and survivalist labeled as a master by her peers and students. She was known for her tough love on her students, often pushing them very hard. This tough love ultimately paid off, however, as her students described her as being a good teacher that taught them confidence and crucial hiking skills. In the summer of 1993... Ludmilla had planned a hike with six of her students to the Kamar Daban mountain range. She was very experienced in the area, which was a popular tourist spot and considered a very safe place to hike, especially in the summer. Her students had trained with her for the trip, and she was very close to all of them. The first of the six, and the closest to Ludmilla, was 23-year-old Alexander Kriskin. Kriskin. Ludmilla had known Sasha, well, that was his nickname, uh, he was almost a son to her. The other five students were 24-year-old Tatiana Filipenko, 19-year-old Denis Shvachkin, 17-year-old Valentina Udochenko, and 16-year-old Victoria Zalasova. Oh, and 15-year-old Timur Bapinov. <laughs> you couldn't do the Donner party, huh? No, no. I had to do this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was in August, August 2nd of 1993. This group of seven arrived at the mountain range in the town of uh, Murino, excited for their journey into the mountains. The weather forecast promised them clear, sunny skies. Ludmilla and her students were one of three hiking groups in the area, one of which was being led by Ludmilla's daughter, Natalia. Their two groups had plans to meet up on August 5th when their hiking routes would cross paths. All of the six students were ready to begin their hike, as this was their chance to prove themselves experienced hikers. This was a journey they had been planning for and anticipating for months, and as a result, the group had become close. The first two days of the hike went better than planned. The group made extremely good time up uh, re-translator peak, pushing themselves hard. By August 4th, however, as they were beginning their descent, the weather forecast proved to have been wrong and they were hit with a rainstorm. With the hikers' supplies soaked, their journey was slowed down by the added weight. Since the hikers were exhausted, Ludmilla decided to camp out hastily in an exposed location despite there being tree cover not far away. The group was unable to build a fire that night, but were still in good spirits. The next morning, an attempt at a fire building was successful and they ate breakfast together before heading out for the day. 
They planned to meet up with Natalia and expected to be able to do so given how quickly they had made their way up the mountain the previous day. Later that day, Natalia and her group made it to the meeting spot, but her mother never showed. The group moved on and she was not worried about her mother, assuming the bad weather had put her back. Unfortunately, what had set the group back was much worse than she could ever imagine. On August 10th, a group of kayakers uh, uh, on the... Uh, on the river noticed something in the tree line as they were paddling down the river at the base of the mountains a lone girl was standing and looking at them the kayakers got out of their boats and when they approached her some sources claimed she was covered in dried blood the girl became hysterical trying to tell the kayakers her story eventually she identified herself as valentina udochenko and said that she had been hiking with six others Horrified, the kayakers took Valia to the nearest police station where a report was filed. However, it wasn't until years later that she was slowly able to tell the story of what happened to the other six, but it was perplexing and terrifying. According to Valia, the group set off down the mountain after eating breakfast that morning, but after only a few minutes, the first disaster struck. Sasha, who was at the back of the group, began to scream. When everyone turned, they saw he was bleeding from his eyes and ears and frothing at the mouth. He fell to the ground convulsing and then went still. Ludmilla ran to him and ordered the rest of the group to continue. She was extremely distraught, trying in vain to get Sasha to gain consciousness. The remaining group did not get far before they heard Ludmilla cry out. As they turned and ran to her, they saw she was having the same symptoms as Sasha. Her eyes and nose were pouring blood and she was frothing at the mouth. She convulsed and then collapsed on top of Sasha. Tatiana, who had gotten to Ludmilla first, was the next to collapse, grabbing at her throat as though she couldn't breathe. She slowly crawled over to a nearby rock and bashed her head against it until she went limp. Victoria and Timur both ran while Dennis hid behind a rock. Valia stood, unable to move, having just watched three of her closest friends seemingly die within only a few minutes. Both Victoria and Timur collapsed while running and died in a similar manner, throwing up blood and clawing at their own throats, tearing their clothes off. Realizing they were the only ones left, Valia and Dennis ran to each other and hurried away from the sight of their friend's death. It wasn't long, however, before Dennis collapsed, convulsing. Scared for her life, Valentina ran and left her friends behind. She only had a tent and the clothes on her back for supplies. Valia ran down the mountain until she was certain she was far away from the tragedy she had just witnessed. Under adequate, adequate tree cover, she set up a tent for the night and fell asleep. When she woke up and realized she was still alive, Valia knew immediately that she would need supplies if she was going to survive alone in the wilderness. The problem was that she'd have to return to the site of her friend's deaths to retrieve them. Knowing she had no other choice, she made the trek back up the mountain, retracing her steps. When she reached the site, she saw that none of them had moved from the spots where they had fallen. Knowing for sure they were all deceased, Valia quickly took the supplies she needed from their bodies and left, following the power lines. For four days, she followed the power lines down the mountain, hoping someone would find her until she found the river and began to follow it. By the end of her fourth day, she was found by the kayakers and brought to safety. Despite the report to police, no official search was conducted until the 24th of August, which would have been about three weeks later. Since Valentina had not been able to recount her version of events yet, it took two days to find the bodies using helicopters. An autopsy report concluded they had all died of hypothermia, except for Ludmilla, who had suffered a heart attack. They all had signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiency due to malnutrition was listed as a contributing factor to their deaths. The deaths were ultimately ruled to be accidental. 
Compared to the testimony of Valia, this ruling is strange and is central to many of the theories in this case. Pretty, uh, pretty horrific stuff, yeah. right? I mean, no kidding. It's like the thing that nightmares are made of, you know. So some of the theories. Yeah. Oh yeah, come on. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the mysterious nature of this incident has rightfully caused many theories to be put forward by those who have researched it. As with any strange event, these theories range from aliens and the supernatural to actual scientifically valid explanations. Um, they feature five theories in here that make the most sense scientifically and circumstantially, um, but they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. Parts of them, some of them make sense and parts don't. So... <laughs> So the first one is, the first theory is hikers. the hikers saw something they shouldn't have. This theory proposes that perhaps the hikers walked in on some sort of Russian military experiment in the mountains and were killed for what they saw. Their deaths were subsequently covered up by the police and medical examiner. It's true that the group had deviated from the usual route through the region, so it's possible the change of plans led them to a group of experimenters that weren't prepared for visitors. But the problems with this theory are the location and uh, Valentina's survival. Um... The, the, the Kamar Daban Mountains are a very public area with multiple groups of tourists traveling through at any given time in the summer. So it's kind of unlikely that there would be a top secret experiment taking place mm. in a public location during tourist season. And in addition, um, that particular part of the mountain that the hikers died on was an open area visible from the air and from higher ground. Wouldn't make sense for something to be going on out in the open like that. The, the other thing, yeah. as they alluded to, was how did Valia survive? You know, why wasn't she tied up as a loose end and everything? So because, <laughs> because she escaped, you know, and everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's really nowhere to hide or run to. So, so she would have been, been killed also. Um, the second theory is a nerve agent killed the hikers. Many people have pointed out that the symptoms described by Valia are consistent with death by chemical weaponry, specifically nerve agents. The frothing at the mouth and convulsing in particular match death by a strong nerve agent. This death also matches with the autopsy result, um, since contact with nerve agents can cause respiratory distress, distress. The bruising of the lungs can be a sign of death by nerve gas. Cardiac arrest is also caused by nerve agents, which mat matches Ludmilla's cause of death. The cause of death of the other hikers could very well be hyperthermia, even if they were exposed to a nerve toxin, since they could have been knocked unconscious or fallen into a coma and then ultimately succumbed to exposure after the fact. <clears throat> um, it says uh, a YouTuber proposes that the uh, specific nerve agent that killed the hikers may have been a... Novichok gas. Novichok gases are a class of nerve agents created by Soviet Russia up to 1993, which is the year of this incident. They're thought mm. to be the deadliest nerve agents to exist, being 10 times more deadly than VX and 20 times more deadly than sarin. Novichok agents were reportedly tested in areas near the Kamar Daban region. Exposure to this gas causes rapid death similar to what the hikers reportedly experienced. Both the above theories have issues. The first and very common one, well, is Valentina's survival, but she was near most of her friends when they died and even went back to the location a second time, and yet she still didn't suffer from it and have the same fate. Um, the second is that if no one was there to release the gas, where in the world did it come from? Um, the author of this article did a lot of research on nerve agents, uh, 
but he found a few interesting things. Nerve agents are soluble in water. They can take four months to evaporate. They're made of heavy mm. particles wow. that often float close to the ground. And the stronger ones can be hazardous in a location where they were used long after they were first released. Um, so the theory, his theory is the rainstorm plays a key part in this. The rain could have washed a strong nerve agent likely a Novichok or VK, VX agent that had been tested at most four or five months prior in a more discreet site up the mountains might have washed them down the hill. As the morning sun evaporated water from the mm. rainstorm, some of the still hazardous agent went with it, but it didn't travel far, staying in sort of epicenters close to the ground. Sasha got unlucky and walked over a highly contaminated spot, causing almost instant symptoms. He may have absorbed the toxin through either skin or by breathing it. And when Lud Miller ran to him, she was exposed to the same toxic location. Um, the other three that were the first to reach Ludmilla but quickly ran away, so that might have delayed their death slightly. Um, and since Valia never got close to Ludmilla, only Victoria, who had removed herself, um, Valia was not exposed to the same high levels of the toxin that the rest of them were. Um, so anyways, uh, it says Dennis was also not impacted by high levels initially, but his decision to hide and crouch down was his downfall, being close to the ground and everything. Small mm. small levels of toxin were floating close to the ground, and he breathed them in. Um, he was exposed to less than the other five, which is why his death was more delayed, but ultimately caught up to him. Russian police, suspecting that runoff from the test could be the cause of deaths, waited to start their search in order to ensure that the agent had mostly evaporated before sending <laughs> a recovery team. So... Uh, that's just one theory. Um, with, with <clears throat> sorry, Steve, to interrupt, yeah. but no, go ahead. With that theory, I wonder was that agent present in the autopsy? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and if it was, I wonder could it have been like maybe covered up or something so the government you know didn't get in trouble? Maybe there's a little bit from all the different theories that are that are possibly true. Weird. The the, the next theory is. Uh, a, a very likely theory as well and that's that valentina's story was inaccurate or that she was lying you know mm. um when someone undergoes a traumatic experience they often misremember aspects of the experience especially when telling it years later at, like she did um certain parts of the story could have been exaggerated by no fault of her own um it's possible that the hikers died exactly how the autopsy report concluded they did um, the group succumbed to hypothermia after not being properly sheltered that night and died together on the mountain. She could have survived by her decision to go to the forest um, by wearing extra clothing, you know, because they supposedly died of, you know, exposure and everything. Um, or because she was in really good shape, she might have been less less affected by, by whatever. Um, it says it also should be added that people who die from hypothermia often experience paradoxical undressing where they strip off their clothes shortly before death, which is counterintuitive because they're freezing mm -hmm. to death. Why would they strip? But um, we just saw a show where that happened. Apparently, like when your blood rushes to your core. Yeah. You you like superheat. You feel superheated. Sure. And and so that's why they rip the clothes off because they're like, oh, my God, I'm so hot. But really, that's like their body's last thing it does before they die. Right. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, another theory, I think this is the fourth theory, uh, relies on the rainstorm bringing toxins down, but instead it proposes that the hikers drank the toxins in their water. Um, mm. 
Lake Baikal, which sits above the mountains, is a well-known toxic waste dumping ground. If this waste was washed downstream and into the water, the hikers could have accidentally drank deadly toxins with their breakfast. The contaminant Wonderful. could have even been one of those water-soluble nerve agents that they mentioned, or that the author mentioned. Valentina may have survived by drinking less or getting her water from a different location than the rest of the hikers. Most highly toxic substances take a few minutes to take effect, hence the hikers all dying later. Similar to the nerve agent theory, this toxin could have incapacitated the hikers, causing them to, to die from hypothermia before they succumb to the toxin. Uh, but depending on the toxin, it may not have been visible in a standard toxicology report. So that sounds ah. to me like they did test for, you know, nerve agents or anything like that and couldn't detect that anything was wrong. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm assuming by the autopsy is why they ruled the deaths, you know, Ludmilla's was a heart attack and the other ones all died of exposure and had the bruised lungs and everything. So, so I, but as far that's the first mention of the tox screens and everything. Um, it says the problem with this theory is that the deaths were an isolated occurrence. If a water source used by many tourists was so badly contaminated, it doesn't make sense that only one group would end up being affected by it ever in history, you know? <laughs> Fifth and point. final theory, and this one is kind of hilarious. Um, Mushrooms. This Ain't is nothing of, funny about mushrooms, boy. <laughs> this is one of the most interesting theories in, in the author's opinion. He found this idea from a YouTube comment and did more research to add to it. This is the only theory where Valia is actually affected by what killed the hikers, eliminating some of the questions around her seemingly being a total outlier compared to the other six. Uh, Ludmilla was known as a forager who taught the art to her students. It's possible that one of their hikers found some mushrooms to add to their breakfast, which wasn't the correct variety. <laughs> After eating their breakfast, the effects of the mushroom poisoning began to take hold as they were walking, causing them to hallucinate and be sick. This is, this is really interesting right here. A common hallucination caused by psilocybin is to see other people cry blood. Overdoses what a random thing to see <laughs> sure but but uh, to, up to trigger uh, they say overdoses of psilocybin <laughs> can cause psychosis convulsions cardiac arrest and even send someone into a coma once again it's likely that the hikers died as a result of hypothermia due to being in an altered state whether than whether that was just tripping out or being in a coma Valentina hmm. could have survived by eating less mushroom, having a tolerance, or even just a genetic disposition to being less affected, wearing warmer clothes, or by running to the forest and sheltering out of or paranoia. Hmm. This incident may forever remain a mystery, but there's many interesting theories to consider that surround it. Tragically, it's likely that many of the families of the hikers will never receive closure in this case, since there's no clear-cut explanation. We can only hope that one day with better technology, answers can be recovered in this case. Until then, we only have the questions. Wow. Well, one of the creepiest parts to me is that, that one person banging their head against the rocks. Rock until until he died, oh, yeah. God. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, the visuals of that, even from the first time I read it to even just recounting it right now, I mean, it just has all the makings of just a a good horror movie, you know, yeah. I mean, the yeah. people just, just like, you know, 20 minutes of pure, what the hell is going on, you know? And, yeah. I, I just happened by chance to find the article that, that, that you were working off of. Okay. And I'm looking at these pictures. Yeah. This was 1993. Yeah. But they're all black and white pictures, aren't they? 
Yeah, and they just like they're bad black and white pictures. I mean, my dad brought back pictures from Vietnam in the '60s that look better than this. Sure. Well, n- now the ones are the image of the slopes that the hikers died on. That may have been taken back in the '60s yeah. or something like that. But, but there's like a couple where they're like posed together. Yeah, Valentina's picture, um, the picture of the, yeah, camp, that, that, the camping. Do you think that's a wig? Or that one? yeah, the hikers. The, what's her name? Yes. Yeah, so so it, yeah. if it was 1993, you're right. Why does it look like? You know, or do we just say, well, it was Russia? I don't know. Is that just the answer? I don't know. I mean, their technology was never that far behind ours. In fact, sometimes it was ahead of ours, you know? Yeah, I mean, but Kodak's Kodak, for crying out loud. That was. This is one of those things that, you know, I saw that article and I'm like, bam, fantastic. I'm going to use that for the podcast. Um, Yeah. I didn't, however, have time to read a lot of the other articles, and it looks like there are quite a few out there about it. So I'd like to read some of the other ones and kind of see. Of course, it's the Internet. (laughs) I'd like to see what additional theories that are out there i mean this happened 30 years ago so i mean what other you know what things may have been debunked or solved since then just 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 the next one down the next search oh it's from like the russian website she's lying her ass off there's that one lying like a cow oh yes yes, she's lying like a cow yes she's lying like a cow (laughs) which was theory number three you know that she was lying (laughs) or you know misremembering uh, yeah but i had never heard of that at all me and i mean that's pretty messed up scenario yeah. so i don't know and wow. also the fact that there was like known toxic dumps in this public site <laughs> oh yeah everyone just dumps their uh, radioactive waste in there it's well, all good you, you know? hear about lake baikal God. and it's like by volume like the largest freshwater lake in the world oh is it really okay yeah, it's like it's really deep. It's it's not like the surface area isn't as large even as some of the Great Lakes, okay. but it's really deep. Sure, and uh, it's it's just you got to uh, imagine. I, I didn't know it was a dump. This happened what 10, 15 years after Chernobyl. So yeah, Chernobyl was sometime in the eighties, wasn't it? Early eighties, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. So like eight years later, something like that. Yeah. So they're probably like, oh shit, not again. You know, <laughs> eight nine. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Chernobyl. That's strange. 86. Oh, 86. So, yeah. 86. Not, okay. Seven years later. Or eight years later. Yeah. Seven. So, this is one of those things where you can write about things all day long and not be wrong. <laughs> you theorize. Yep. I guess that's kind of what we do, isn't it? It's true. But just the incident itself, I had never heard of that. No. And I figured you guys would... would uh get a kick out of that too because yeah. we have discussed the yeah. jet love pass yeah that was a good one yeah yeah very interesting and it, it, it's just mm. creepy to see you oh, know especially yeah. from these things the the pictures of the people it's like hey we're having a great time hey nine hours you're dead yes yeah. oh hey let's have breakfast and get going all right and then boom and to put yourself in the survivor's shoes you know she's got to live with this the rest yeah. of her life yep <laughs> Or is, or does she? Well, or and, and that's it. <laughs> and that's that's the unfortunate thing that her recollection seems so just out there and fantastical. Yeah. You know, like, and and yet the autopsy says, well, no, they just they died because of hypothermia and everything. You know, and so it, mm. it, there may be a huge disconnect from her, her retelling of it and what actually happened. Over yeah. There. Wow. But yeah, yeah, the, the, the trauma can really screw up the way you recall events. True, true, crazy. Mm-hmm. 
still just wonder about those pictures. Yeah. Looks like they're in like the Korean <laughs> War or something. I mean, I, I I remember the 90s like it was yesterday, but I go back and look at pictures. And I'm like, oh, shit, we really wore that stuff back then, you know? <laughs> I'm like, God, it looks like the 70s, not the 90s. What the hell? You know, Wind It's breakers. funny. We were just... We were just talking about, we saw something that was the, that 90s show apparently is supposed yes. to be coming to Netflix. Yep. And um, I'm like, you know what? Hey, you know, like, even like, you go back to the 50s, okay, like Happy Days. You get the 60s. Yeah, they're all over the place. But yeah, 60s was the 60s. Right. 70s, you know, you got the lapels, you got the, the, the platform color, yep. shoes. Yep. The, yeah, you got the, the disco outfits and, you know, whatever you got. You got the, the 70s can be pretty distinct. 80s even. Oh, my God, the hair. The hair, the, 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 the neon the, colors. And... Yeah, Miami Vicey colors and all yep. that stuff. You got the, the pastels. But then you get like the 90s, like from the 90s to now, with the exception of face masks. Is there a lot that it, it changed between 90s and I mean, I just look at like grunge. Okay. Oh, what was Kurt Cobain wearing? Uh, flannel shirt, ripped jeans and boots. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember it, there was it, a, it, he was he was no Billy Ocean. Do you remember you the know? weird fad with those just gigantic pants? They weren't even like bell bottoms. Oh, my Is that God. What they were? Yeah. yeah. They started like yeah. up at the hips and they literally went down and they were like the size of a tent, you know? Yep. And, yeah. But not everybody wore those. No. Guess who did? You. I went to the buckle in the mall at Cherry Valley Mall. And Do I you have asked that on your dad, SD card, Josiah? What's that? Do you have that on your SD card? I don't know if I do or not. <laughs> but I asked okay. my dad if I could get a pair and he allowed me to get a pair. It's like 50 bucks. And I remember Jeez. thinking, holy wow. shit, 50 bucks for a pair of Jinkos. And my mom refused to allow me to wear them. So what I did, I put those on first and then tucked as much of the material under my regular jeans. Oh, and when I got to school, I took them off and I looked like a fucking idiot the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I don't think I ever yeah. I don't think I ever owned a pair. I just remember seeing them and just wondering what the hell, you know? Yeah, I was totally way too insane. old to be wearing them at that point. Because we went from French rolled jeans in the in yeah. the eighties yeah. to the Bugle Boys. The exact opposite. Polar you know? opposite, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I, I just trying remember to make thinking to myself, people know that I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> but hell, even the yeah. two, even the two thousands were twenty years ago now. And and yeah. you look at pictures from the early two thousand <sighs> and you're still like the hell was they wearing, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, you, you you know, I think people's personal uh, styles change over time. Sure. But yeah. I mean, as a, as a, as a, uh, no, I say community, but you know, as, as a people, collective people, have really that many things changed if from the 90s to now? No, the, I mean, we're not been, seeing those changes like the 80s were, right. you know? There's but, been minor fad shifts and things yeah. um, and, and a lot of retro stuff coming back. But there, it, yeah. you're not going to look back at the tw- 2000s and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when everyone was doing this or yeah. looked like that. You, no, you're right, I, Mike. Yeah. The last three decades have been very, you know. Homogeneous almost. <laughs> yeah. like, like unchanging. It, it, it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough from the 90s to make a show about 
I think I there's a lot of recycling, to like recycling going on. Like we're getting to the point where everybody's got their own flavor now. And there's so many outlets now that it's not like back in the day when you would turn on the TV and that one commercial was the thing everybody was focused on. Like, right. oh, wow, look at what she's wearing. Or there is like that one movie star that people would follow anymore. I don't even know who yeah. the hell these movie stars are. Oh, because my gosh. Or the, the Grammys. Yeah, I don't even recognize it anymore. So it's, I think we're less spoon fed nowadays where everybody's just kind of got their own little flavor and nobody really follows anything mainstream anymore. And the number of options have just multiplied by man, you know, yeah. Yeah, mainstream, there, there is no mainstream anymore. You know, we, we, when, when I was growing up, there were, we had like four channels. And yeah. two of them were the same. Yep. Same here. Yep. Yeah. So, eight, you know, eight, it, what, yeah, you, you couldn't pick, you know, 75, 85, however many, I don't know, 100 plus cable channels to get whatever you wanted. If if you were at home sick on a weekday, you were watching soap operas and the price is right. It's true. Yeah. That was it. Yep. That was it. Nothing else. Yep. And uh, now... Not only does the programming change, but all the on-demand stuff and oh, I'll just pop in a video or video cassette. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I'll stream something. I'll watch something on my phone. No, grandma wants to watch Days of Our Lives. And so that's what's on TV <laughs> right now. Yep. There was nothing else to watch. And and so, you know, the, Walter Cronkite was the guy who told the whole world what to think. Yeah. And you could agree with him or not agree with him. But that was about it. Yep. yep. <laughs> now, anything you want to hear, there's somebody to spoon feed it to you. And look at what we're doing right at this moment as we sit here. Yep. Yep. We potentially can reach more people with this, and I do say potentially, <laughs> than Walter Cronkite could ever imagine doing. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, I, I will say two things about the 90, that 90s 90 show. First of all, <laughs> Red and Kitty Foreman are both going to be back for that show. So are Eric, they really? Eric's parents are going to be in it, you know. Do you they remember that show, Josiah? In... Remember, he was always like, "You dumbass," oh, you yes, know, from yeah, the yeah. '70s yeah. show. Yeah, yes. th- th- this is twenty years later yeah. and everything. Oh. They, they both showed up in the ranch on Netflix too. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I, I have a feeling there'll be cameos too from from some of the original actors. But the other thing okay. about it is, let, you already touched on it, you know. I'm not sure that there's enough to fill up season after season after season yeah. of that 90s show. But at the same time, you, you nailed it. I mean, grunge was big. Um, pretty sure the punk bands and, and the skinny skinny jeans were were a thing of the 90s that have kind of carried over. But, you know, but how much can you do with that? <sighs> you, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, hey, I, let's watch Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> OK, what's uh, what? I mean, right. yeah, there's, I don't go to the mall. Ooh. I mean, they, they tried a a show, that 80s show, yeah. but like crashed and burned. Sure. If you can't make it work with the 80s, how can you know. do it with the 90s? Ooh, just, like Tamagotchis. Hey. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of pop culture. I mean, the music from that era, not just grunge, but just, you know, everything from, you know, the alternative music scene and whatever I, yeah. I mean yeah that, that'll that all play a part in it like you know the movies from the era and just whatever i mean there's enough pop culture references yeah. to at least get one entertaining season out of it i'm guessing you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll allow one and then <laughs> take it from there sure yeah sure. I'm, I'm just curious how that's gonna work how that's gonna run but 
<sighs> so those are the conversations that happen at my dinner table. <laughs> but I don't know. It's not so bad. Well, we did it. We're back. We we broke the seal again. So <laughs> have to keep trying to keep this rolling. So you know what happens after you break the seal, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a flood, you know. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see how it works. Hopefully, not an avalanche like that Love Pass. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for making this happen again. Yeah, I, I know there was the, it, it, at least one time where it was like, well, we could do it with two, but it's like, nah, let's let's leave somebody. Let's bring the third in as a scapegoat for when things don't work out. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're we're still rolling that way. How was it like a snowball rolling down the hill, picking up bodies along the way or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that off pass. So anyway, you see, it all comes back to that. Full circle. You know, and I think the pictures from Datloff Pass are actually better. <laughs> More <laughs> modern looking. Than, yeah. And when was that? Wasn't that actually in, was it the 50s or 60s? I think it was quite a while ago. 59. 1959. Huh. Uh, Weird. Anyway. <sighs> All right, guys. So um, I, I guess this is this is. Where are we as far as time? Oh, yeah, we're really good with time. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> beyond where we normally like to go, but, you know, we, we had a lot to catch up on. So um, anything else to toss out there before we wrap it up? Don't think so. No, sir. Okay. Well, then, um, without the use of the vocal exercises, we'll try getting this out there. Uh, you can... Reach us at, um, see, and now I'm, I'm, it's, it's happening because I gave it before when we were talking about the <laughs> swinger thing. Um, peril one contact. Yep. At gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you would, and I don't know why you would, if you would want to appear on the show as a guest um, for an interview, we've had some actually fantastic interviews. We need to get back at that. Um, if you'd like to appear on the show to talk about yourself or your group or anything that you do, um, that is peril1booking at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find it, you know, Facebook and all that happy stuff, that peril, paranormal1.com. All those ones are number ones, not O-N-E, just the number one. Uh, also, Bartell and Henson Paranormal on Facebook, Rock River Area Paranormal Society on Facebook, and Conover Ghosts dot com um uh, any is, is that is that enough i think that's about it we've got instagram but we're <laughs> not present there oh. you, you know when you ever, when you do make the recording that you can just tack on to the end of each episode with all the contact information you need to you do know, it you need to do it like the disclaimer you know like the you know the the super fast all in one breath we're talking, yeah i was just yes. gonna say that we're talking really fast <laughs> okay so i've got to find the software that'll do that <laughs> it really speeds it up okay challenge accepted nice <laughs> <laughs> so that'll that'll be that'll be next time all right um thanks guys it was a lot of fun thank you doing yeah, this again and uh i really actually as we started looking at at the photos of robert the doll started 
really regretting what I said at the start. So, Robert, <laughs> it was all in fun. Haha, <laughs> right? So, um, we'll hope that works out. But, uh, all right, everybody, thank you again for listening and uh, hanging in there with us. Now that we're back, hopefully we'll be back on schedule and keep assaulting your ears on a regular basis. So, um, take care, everyone. And until next time, we will see you in the dark. Come on. Come on. Come on.